Good evening and welcome to the Jerry Joe United show. We're um, back here this evening. Um, the game's not long finished, five or ten minutes ago. Um, Wolves have won 1-0. Um, I'm not sure how, but um, we had our chances. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Um, so we'll just go around. Um, we've got James and Debbie and we've got Brian D um, back on. So um, we'll just go around sort of then um, start with uh, Debbie on your initial reaction to the result. Um, yeah, disappointing. Um, I thought we deserved something out of the game. I thought at half-time um, it was probably a fair result, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I, I think I didn't really enjoy the game throughout. I was sat on the edge of my seat throughout the game. Um, I thought Cooper could have had an at-trick, to be honest, and probably should have had an at-trick. I don't like Wolves. They just do the 1-0. They did it at Ellen Road. They seemed to stifle our play. We didn't play as fluent as what, what we normally do and certainly away from home. Um, yeah, I would say a fluky goal won it because it weren't a great goal. Um, but yeah, some positives to come from our performance, I think, tonight. I, thought, I think the team was right going into the game. I think... Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I think... Um, the defence was, as we said, we want, all wanted it, basically. Uh, I don't think they really troubled us, to be honest, uh, in front of goal. I know Meslier had quite a few saves to do first half, but none, that really, yeah, none that really troubled him. And I just think that it was probably going to be a nil-nil or a one-nil, and obviously it went the other way, didn't it? So, yeah, disappointing for me, to be honest. And uh, James? I think it's just a carbon copy of the game at Ellen Road. Um, I thought it was a game that both teams could have won. Um, I didn't think there was an outstanding thing. I was talking to Debbie at half-time and chatting about the first half now. Normally watching us, you can kind of pick out a, a certain point or, or chat about a game. I thought the first half was really boring. Even from a neutral point of view, I don't think it was very entertaining at all. Um, second half, it livened up a little bit. But in terms of... Once I say carbon copy, the goal at Ellen Road when they beat us 1-0 was a big deflection off Phillips that they scored from. And then the goal today was another big deflection well, off hit the crossbar and hit the keeper. I mean, the, the commentators sat there going, it's a wonder goal. A wonder goal that it's the crossbar and it's the keeper and goes in. I'm sorry, I just don't come off it. I mean, you know, all in all, 90 minutes, it wasn't a great spectacle for a Leeds fan, a Wolves fan or a neutral. Um, but we certainly didn't, dilute, um, didn't deserve to lose that. And like Debbie alluded to, Cooper could have had a hat-trick easy. Should've. And should have. And it just shows when you miss a big chance like that, 30 seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net at the other end, and that's what happened in football. Football can change just like that. Unfortunately, what I did, did forget to mention was the referee, because what? I thought the referee was appalling throughout the game. From start to finish, he didn't have to give anything to Leeds, and the free kicks that were there that weren't, the handballs that were there that weren't, it was just it was just awful, to be honest. I think I'd echo that just from Debbie. I thought he was very, very niggly. I think you, I always said to you, and I said you on the first show, Jerry, if you don't mention a referee, you know he's done well. And I think you could talk about the referee from the first minute till the 90th minute. He gave so many soft free kicks against us and some that we didn't get. 
I mean, he didn't influence the result. It didn't. It didn't change the result, but it certainly lost the flow of our play. It was stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. But without really getting his cards out of his pocket. I mean, that's size. I mean, really, in the accumulation of a game, he probably could have been sent off. I can't believe he lasted a whole game without getting a yellow card. He could have been booked twice in the first half and twice in the second half. I just don't. I just don't know what game he was watching at times. I thought he was very, very, very poor. And uh, Brian, what what uh, what are your initial thoughts on the, the game? Yeah, well, I, I sort of I must admit that I, I think I've got a sort of slightly different opinion to what I heard tonight so far. Which is, first of all, uh, I think a draw would have been probably a fair result. But I think the uh, Wolves tonight probably deserved the match because they came with a game plan that worked better than ours. Um, that You were just talking there, uh, quite rightly, uh, James, about the, the niggly game. I think Wolves came to play a niggly game to disrupt the Leeds flow. I think that was tactical. Uh, I think uh, there were a few of their lads who put more into the game than we than any of our guys. I think uh, and. and you know, given that this is a broadcast rather than four guys, you know, sitting in a pub, I mean, I'd have to be honest and say, if I thought about who starred in the game, I can't think of any Leeds players who starred. I could say that uh, they had two or three guys who played. Neto had four or five good, opp- you know, it could have been 3 0 to them at the beginning of the, or, or, or at half time, because I think Neto really starred in the game. Uh, all the talk during the transfer window was that Troy was out of favour with Wolves. Well, I mean, maybe I get this wrong. I'd have him in the in our team. End of story. That guy is uh, pretty spectacular. And I think he taught us a bit of a lesson tonight. He, I think he bullied her back four. Um, and for the goal, uh, you know, I don't think it was a wonder goal. It was an unlucky goal. Came off, off back off the post and, you know, in, in off the keeper. That's football. It happens. You know, the vast majority of the times it's hit the, hits the post and nothing happens. Uh, it was a bit unfortunate, but I actually thought he just looked like a pain in the backside to us every time he got the ball. And I would gladly have him in our team. Uh, the, the few things that I took away was uh, um, I was pleased that we didn't have Strike playing that midfield role because he's a better centre back. But Shackleton and actually wrote down uh, after 14 minutes. I said, Does Shackleton know that he's playing KP's role? Because he wasn't playing KP's role, he was all over the place. I thought Shaq said, uh, Frank, I thought he had a poor game. I don't think there was any Leeds player tonight, with the exception of Rafina, that you could turn around and say, Oh, they had a good game. Um, so it was a mediocre game on a mediocre night. Rafinha. Mediocre, uh, mediocre playing conditions, a lot of wind. Um, and I don't think with anybody who really uh, put the foot in the ball and said they were going to show what they were going to do. I, I was I was hoping that Hernandez would come on and do something. And I felt that he came on and he didn't really offer us any more. I thought Roberts was quite sloppy um, uh, and wasted a lot of possession. But the thing is, is that, uh, and, and it, but it didn't happen. Slightly better luck would have been one all. Slightly better luck. You, uh, I, I think it was you said it, uh, Debbie. You know, Coops could have scored two or three. Um, and the only bit that I sort of 
took some comfort from. I just thought Rafina looked at he he just looked a different class to the rest of our team tonight. I'm not overly disappointed, by the way. I might add, I think that uh, and and uh, uh, James, you, I think you nailed it. They did exactly what they did to us at Ellen Road. And like, that's just uh, you know that's just. I'm just quite thought. surprised by the Rafinha comment. I don't, I honestly, I'm a big fan of Rafinha. I I cannot think of one thing in the game that he did. I honestly do not think okay. he. I'm just absolutely flabbergasted. I mean, well, it, football's it, it, about it, opinions. Football's yeah, about I, opinions. I just do not pick a point. You could say he was different class. I well, did not see that. Okay. Well, well where, where, where I come from on that tonight was, uh, and it was unusual the number of free kicks that we got from sort of left or right midfield, 20 yards outside the back, uh, outside the box. It was. It's a funny place to be for for you to see Leeds. Uh, uh, pumping the ball into the box, I, I don't think we normally do that. Um, but I think that there was uh, four or five times that I sort of take a note that uh, the uh, um, two or three opportunities in the first half were headers for Cooks, were all from free kicks from Murafina. Um, the uh, opportunity for um, for Cooper on at the last minute was a ball from Rafina. Rafina nearly headed an equaliser uh, immediately after that from the corner. Um, to me, he was the only player I thought that, that you know. In terms of, I was just writing down the odd wee note because I knew it was coming on. I was just you know just writing down, uh, you know, the nineteenth minute Cooper's header. It was a Rafina ball. Uh, uh, Cooper and Bamford uh, 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 both had a headed chance in sixty-two. It was from a Rafina ball. So. I thought that he was the only guy doing anything creative, but what 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 did you make of when Hernandez came on? Because I just didn't think he had any. I was hoping that he would have. I just didn't think that he had any impact in the game at all, which was a shame because yeah, uh, uh, I think I've got to the stage with Hernandez where I'm hoping that he'll come on like the Messiah, because um, he you know, he had had that sort of messiahic role so many times even last season for us. Uh, I sort of understand why he's not getting a start because I, I, you know, I don't know whether it's the legs aren't quite right or whatever, but uh, maybe the brain's quick and the body isn't. Um, I'll, and by the way, I'm very a, a very positive lead supporter. Don't you think that I'm a doer git? You know, um, I just felt tonight that uh, the result wasn't overly unfair. I think I I think the best we could have felt from from that was probably a draw. Um, I think a draw might have been fairer, but we didn't get it. We didn't get it because we didn't convert. You know, probably half a dozen decent chances, and I felt it was Rafina had produced maybe five of the six chances. I'm not sure who put the ball through for Bamford when he uh, was offside. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that that wasn't Roberts. Yeah, it was yeah, Roberts. Yeah. What do you think of Roberts tonight, guys? I thought Roberts was all over the place. I didn't think he was controlling the ball once. I thought he was. I thought I he was completely good. disagree. If I was writing a player down, it would have been Roberts tonight for me. He was oh, the one yeah. that stood out for me. I thought it was he was the, he was, he was the one that stood out. This is why football's. This is why football's great because so many different opinions. I didn't think Rafinha offered anything. Now he's our star player, and I thought I think he's brilliant. But yeah, I thought certainly in the first half, Roberts was outstanding. He was, you know, he was our best player by a mile in the first half. It wasn't even close. And in the second half, like you say, you created the chance. I didn't think he was as good in the second half, but yeah. I certainly don't think he was I, all over. I thought, I thought he was just a bit. I, I thought he lost the ball a fair bit. But you're you're a hundred percent right. I think you know, uh, you know, it's it's all about opinions and uh, um, uh, and that that's fair enough. But I I definitely did think that the stars of the game were on. You know, the the, the couple of standout players weren't 
didn't have white shirts on tonight. I thought they had gold shirts on. I thought that uh, there were two of their players, as I say. Uh, I would have been quite pleased if they were, you know, playing the other way uh, tonight. Um, and uh, I definitely, you know, as I know I'm repeating myself, but boy, if we'd signed uh, Traore when he was slightly out of favour, you could hear that he'd gone 18 or 19 games or, or, or not been playing for 18 or 19 games or hadn't scored in a long time, whatever. And there was definitely some paper talk. I don't know if it, if you spotted it, uh, um, whether it was general or maybe uh, just in whatever I was looking on online, but uh, there was some rumblings that Leeds were looking at him. I mean, he 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 looks like a a pretty good player. Um, I thought you know I thought Costa was a bit unlucky in the end as well. He could have just as easily. We, we tend to he tends to kick the ball too much at the goalie instead of left or right. But uh, I was out of the church. Sure he was that a one, really. to discard. Well, he, he could have just as he, it, it would have almost just as been easy for him to score as to kick it to the goalie, wouldn't it? The sort of the ball sort of the ball sort of dropped out of the sky and all of a sudden he had it controlled. I don't. I mean, like these things are happening at the speed of light. Um, I thought the weather had a fair bit tonight. You know, you could see, did you notice a couple of times at corners you could really see the corner flag really. Mm, you know, the wind, yeah, pushing I over. I just want to talk about Neto. Just obviously you mentioned Neto as one of the star players on the pitch. Now, I'd certainly agree that he had a lot of the ball. Do you think there's a lot of quality there? There's a lot of end product. I can't, I can't again. I can't think of a time when there was an actual end product. It's okay having the ball, and let's face it, this year he has been involved in a fair bit for Wolves, and he's been mentioned. But I thought tonight he he got in some good positions and he, he had a lot of the ball. But was there really that end product a bit of, a bit of quality in the yeah, first yeah. half? He had three shots that hit Rosehead in the stands. Yeah. The end product was not there, so I wouldn't say he's a key player if you're not if you haven't got an end product. Is is that a key player without an end product? Well, I think yeah, I mean that's it. That, that's an interesting. Uh, I mean that's an interesting definition. Um, then it means that the only key player tonight was one of their guys because there was an end product. But uh, I felt that he, in terms of standout players, I'm everybody just saying in tonight's game, in terms of standout players. I didn't think we'd anybody particularly stand out. I didn't think we played. I, I don't I don't think we whether we didn't play it because we just didn't get on it or whether and and again tactically I'm not clever enough to tell you, but I think it was I felt it was and you said earlier, you called it about the niggly. I thought the wolves just niggled us off our normal game. For the first I mean, for the first fifteen uh uh on seventeen minutes, the one thing I wrote down was we haven't played our own game yet. You know, we hadn't really. Uh, I I didn't think that we'd been sort of passing, you know, our passing moving for the first quarter. I thought Wolves really came out of the blocks quickly, uh, to almost put a bit of a stamp to say you're not going to get the ball, or and and they pressed us up the pitch. Yeah, yeah, it was, but tactic. It was very interesting tactically to see the way they were doing it, um, and I think Ian Dark, who didn't mention that Stuart. Uh, uh, was Leeds born and bred tonight, which is the first match that he hasn't. I was a bit disappointed about that, to be honest with you. Um, I thought he actually got it right that said that they uh, um, that they had their uh, wingers tucked in a little bit. Uh, the, the, the wingers weren't quite as wide. They tucked them in 10 yards, trying to exploit the gap between, because uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a gap, because our left, you know, left and right back play, uh, you know, on the... Uh, on the on the sidelines, so I thought that that was a quite an interesting uh, bit. The way they nullified us a little bit. 
But um, I always think we're very naive, though. I think we're very naive. Now, you look at the amount of times that they threw themselves to the floor. Certainly the last minute when uh, Connor Cody headed it away and cleared it, and he fell to the floor and made out he was injured. There was no injury there. There was Saiz two or three times in the second half. He was holding his leg at one second, then he was holding his ankle, then his back, then his arm. He didn't know what was the matter with him. There was, there was some play acting going there, and they certainly got involved in the niggly side of the game, where I yeah, thought they was yeah. slowing things down. And I thought it was a, I thought it was a dirty, dirty tactic, the way they tried to slow the game down. And yeah, to be fair, yeah. there was a lot of throwing themselves to the ground pretty easy, yeah. which the referee fell for. Well, yeah, I definitely think that, I definitely think that, yeah. I, and you said the word tactic within that. I definitely think that that was, you know, the disrupt the Leeds game tactic. And they did do that. Stop just playing our game. Stop just playing our game they did, they, did, they did that at Ellen Road. Um, did you see the? Do you know what? I don't think I've ever seen a free kick on the corner of a box with ten minutes to go, where you fake the ball to waste time into the corner. I thought that was. Yeah. I thought yeah. that that was. Uh, if we'd equalised after that, I would have been giving them the fingers for ten minutes and shouting obscenities at the TV. For I thought oh, that was no. pretty shocking. <laughs> was, uh, um, and I was—I thought the ref, I, yeah, the ref, the ref was a bit bitty. I was glad that he booked uh, uh, Neto for time wasting. He was a um, balling tonight. I'm sorry. I really hate talking about referees, but he was a balling tonight. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Yeah, I, I don't. And again, I, it did. There was nothing really that annoyed me about the ref tonight. I was. Uh, but that, that's, I mean, it, it's just the way you sit and watch football. So you, you two were sitting watching it together and mm. maybe discussing stuff. I was sitting watching it on my own and maybe uh, not quite conscious of stuff in the same way you guys were maybe just taking slightly different uh, bits. I'm just, I'm just sort of disappointed that uh, um, I felt that we were just not quite uh, what we should have been. I, I was expecting a wee bit more after the last result. I thought that we'd come out with a wee bit more intensity. I think probably the only but, thing that we all agree on, the, the, the only thing that probably the four of us will agree on, is, is that we weren't at our best. That's the only thing we do agree on. We don't agree on the referee. We don't agree on the, the scoreline. I certainly do not think Wolves deserve to win. I mean, you look at, you look at the clear-cut chances in the game. There's no way Wolves deserve to win that game. Not in terms of clear-cut chances. You can... I mean, we, we, we talk all night about it, but there's no way they deserve to beat us tonight. Um, but the only thing we can do is say that we didn't we didn't play our best tonight. And I think yeah, that we, was literally down to them stifling, I, I, stifling our game. Sort of, I'd, be interested, I'd be interested to hear Jerry's opinion because we've probably all been hogging the time here. And Jerry, what did you think? Well, I, my, I have a, a couple of notes that I took as well. So to start off with, I, I was happy with the lineup. I had no... Um, no arguments there. I was, I was happy. I thought that that would have been sort of whenever I seen those eleven players, that was more or less where I wanted the players to be. Um, the very the very first note that I wrote down in the game was wolves are dangerous from distance. They were they just were shooting constantly. It ended up winning the game. Fluke, yeah, but um, and and from our perspective, I don't necessarily think we done anything wrong there because Traore got the ball and yes, he maybe got by Ealing a bit easy, but Straight was right on him. You know, and it was just like he hit a good shot, and it was really unlucky with the goalkeeper. Um, I also mentioned, as you you were saying, Brian, about Rafinha, and I think, I think probably from free kicks, he was very creative. 
Um, there was like about honestly the one of the notes are chances at set pieces. Wolves aren't tracking the runs at free kicks, and then Cooper obviously had them a couple of chances. Um, I think Rafinha for some reason his free kicks are fantastic. The balls he was putting in corners not so much. He was yeah, like every yeah. every corner was hitting that first man at the near post. And it was it was getting yeah. to me. Um, Shackleton, I wrote here. I don't think he was disciplined enough. Um, he was see whenever he has the ball, he's very very good at with his feet. He's very good at passing, but there were so many times where there must have been thirty yards of green between our defence and our midfield, and that's where Calvin plays. And he wasn't he, he wasn't there often enough for me. Um, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that, Jerry. Yeah. With, with the ball, more in the, like, fir- more more in the first half, staff. maybe more in the first half than the second half. Mm-hmm. I thought that he'd almost forgotten that that was his role. Sorry, go ahead, Jerry. Sorry. Um, I was looking at, and at the time he went off, I think he had ninety six percent successful passes. Which, whenever you're playing in midfield and you've, you're hitting ninety six percent of your passes, that you know that's that's very very good. But I just thought I would have liked him to, to have been wanting the ball more. Like he only it was like tw- something like twenty. 29 or 30 passes whereas if he had won the ball a bit more and been in the position to take the ball off the centre backs um, I think he could have added you know, added to that and it would have been more beneficial to us. Um, the note I put down about Tyler Roberts was I didn't think the game was suitable for him. I thought that he was largely for the first hour until they scored basically I thought he was kind of stuck in a position where his natural instinct is the attack, and we didn't have enough of the ball in the the final third for him to be at his best. Work rate's fine, um, but I didn't think it was suitable for him. It frustrated me that the most tempo that we showed was again whenever we were behind. If we if we had started and the way we went sort of went for about the ten minutes after they scored, a lot of high tempo, a lot of quick passing, and I think if we had played like that from the beginning, we you know it could have been a different game. Um, but ultimately, for me, we didn't play very well, as uh, as we've, we've all agreed on, and we were we weren't at our best. But that said, we had at least four really good chances, and if you get four really good chances in a football match and you don't score any goals, you deserve to lose. So you know we ca- we have to take that on the chin, and uh, you know that that's that's us. You know it, it's. At the end of the day, you know, some days you'll get four chances and you'll score three of them. Tonight it wasn't the B. At the end of the day, you know, three really good chances fell. At least, at least two that I thought he really should have done better with was Cooper and the um, the Costa one right at the end. I thought they were like three really good chances and there was a couple of other ones. Um, but I thought we were just really unlucky. Um, like even this even this situation, you were saying about the, the Cody one at the end. Um, like the the actual rule, as far as That's I understand it, it is whenever... Whenever there's an incident, and and I know that really you know, he, he very that. quickly recovered. He, he very quickly recovered, but as far as I am aware, the rule there is whenever a player a head injury. So the referee seen a head injury. He did fairly get plastered at. The referee sees a head injury, and because mm-hmm. it's in the penalty box, it's a drop ball, uncontested drop ball to the defending team, and from that, they had the ball in our corner for about three or four minutes. That, actually, do you know what? I'm really pleased you picked up on that because I've written that down. I thought that was really unsporting because we had the ball over the It wasn't sporting, yeah. It's not the referee's they, fault. He, he has some idea to the rules. It's, 
It's yeah. unsporting from Cody. They, they keep talking and they kept saying on commentary about him being a hard man and a tough man and don't go to the ground very often. He's headed the ball clear and he's fallen to the floor like he's been shot from a harpoon. I mean, it, it was but, that but, bad. It was Tommy, pathetic. It really was. Dave, see, Dave Cooper done that and we were winning one now. And Cooper took a took a like a block a, a shot like the way he did. We don't do that. Though. And he, like, uh, I, 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 I would, have, I would have been over Robin as back. Like, well, we don't. Yeah, we don't. I'd, I'd have called the, I'd have called the St John's ambulance for Cooper if it had been Cooper and we're one nil up. But I, <laughs> I, I thought it, I thought it was a bit unsporting because after a drop ball, they should have given the leads the, the ball back, even if it was in their own half. But what they actually did mm -hmm. was kick the whole way up, and then the Wolves guys ran on. Mm -hmm. But like, it, I don't think it, it, it didn't. Uh, I think it changed the result. There were a few other wee things, uh, just wee snippets tonight. I was really, I, I, I actually felt really. I, I'm not going to say I felt sorry for the goalie because it was a free goal, and I don't think anybody would uh, complain about. You know, you, it's a free goal. I thought he had a great game. Other than that, he certainly came out with two really good saves. Couple of couple of saves, you know, that you'd expect him to hold, and he did. His distribution thought, was fantastic uh, as well. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he was very solid in his feet. Uh, produced a couple of good saves. I mean, the lad's only twenty. I've got a twenty-one-year-old son who can barely tie his fucking laces. You know, uh, so when you think <laughs> about that kid, been twenty years of age. Uh, so I was really pleased to see him have a good game. I, I'm hope I'm hoping that uh, the lads will put the arm around him tonight and say, look, you know, fact me, the ball comes off the post snitch in the head and goes back in the goal, you know. Uh, um, funny enough, do you know what? Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, it today. It was on the, uh, I think it might have been on the Leeds 1919 uh, Facebook site. Somebody posted uh, a, a bit of a, a biff uh, between Gary Sprake and... Uh, Gould, your man Bobby Gould, when he played for Wolves, you didn't see that by any chance. Well, and there was a bit of a clash between the two of them going up for a ball. No and Gould looked like he led with the elbow a wee bit. And Gary's break turns around and gives him a left hook on the chin and leaves him flat. Did you see that today? No. Do you know what? I, I, it's a 70 special. But I didn't see uh, it, but I actually read, I read about it. And one of the book I'm reading at the minute is about the Don Rivera. And I actually did read about it this week. What, and they were talking about that. It was like, it was like a boxing match. Sprake caught him with a left hook on the chin and led him flat out. They both got booked. Mm. That was it. They both got booked. I mean, it was yeah, yeah. hard to believe. But, um, yeah, no, I was pleased for Mesley. Just talking about Mesley. Yeah. Yeah, just talking about Mesley again. I think, I think the key is what you said. He is 20 years old. What we've got to remember is this guy is playing week in, week out in the Premier League. And yeah. now you look at the week before the Arsenal game, Alisson at Liverpool made three mistakes against Man City, which cost Liverpool, which no one really, you heard about it probably for five minutes and never heard about it again. But you look at, you know, you have got to, he is going to make mistakes. We all know that. He is the best keeper at our football club and he is going to be a fantastic goalkeeper. You'll never... You'll never hear criticism from me. He's 20 years old and he's playing week in, week out in this league. He needs some help. He definitely needs another keeper alongside him. And I don't mean Kiko. He needs a good quality keeper alongside him who can help him along, learn in the trade and maybe take him out the limelight a little bit. I mean, he had, a, he had a poor game at Spurs away where he struggled with his distribution a bit. He struggled again last week at Arsenal. He just seems to be getting overawed by a few games. But again... You, you can't blame the lad. He's 20 years old. 
He just needs that bit of help where you can take him out of limelight. So for me, no, yeah, he is learning on the job. Yeah. He is learning on the job. He isn't like he's been sat in the wings being being nurtured by an experienced keeper. He's literally playing every week with no one, you know, with no one showing him. He's learning on. He's learning on the job. Hopefully, in the summer we can bring someone in with that quality, help him along the way, and maybe yeah, I, yeah, play I, that I, like I, week I, in week out. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I was pleased to see him get a good game tonight. I wasn't overly critical of him on Arsenal last week. Um, I, I feel that our way of playing, there's an awful lot of balls go back to the the keeper and. When teams press us, mm-hmm. it does put us under. Us trying to play it from the back does put us under a bit of pressure. One of my wee notes tonight was I noticed that we were hoofing the ball a wee bit more. Um, you know, Melia was uh, uh, rather than uh, when mm-hmm. it got to the stage is. where he was hitting the ball long, he wasn't hitting it to halfway. You know, to the halfway line. When he decided that he was putting it, he was putting his laces into it. So I thought there was a slight change to his tactic. Um, in terms of in terms of you know uh, quality keepers to keep him going, I mean he is keeping Kiko out of the out of the uh, out of the team, and uh, Kiko is a quality goalkeeper. I'm not sure that I particularly want him to be the, uh, the number one keeper, but he, he is a quality keeper. And the other guy, the the kid who's playing in the under twenty one or under twenty threes, uh, looks like a half season keeper. I'm sure they've got some goalkeeper coaches there, but. Like I, I still just come back to the under. I don't know if you watched the under twenty three game today, and the under twenty threes are sort of storming the uh, uh, league two of the of the of the under twenty threes. But when you see the under twenty threes play, they all look like kids. You know, well, a lot of them look like kids. You know what I mean? Uh, and this kid at twenty is commanding a position in the first team. I just think it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it makes an old man happy to see, you know, somebody quite young. And Leeds have a history, a lot of young uh, goalkeepers. You know, when Gary Sprake, uh, uh, I hate come back to the 60s, but when Gary Sprake was in the team in the late 60s and early 70s, that kid was only, you know, 20, 21, 22. Um, it's, God, it's funny to see some of those uh, those old pictures. Uh, it takes me right back to when I was a boy. Um, the... I mean, I, 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 I want to make sure that we're not really that different in terms of what you said, James. I, uh, um, I think that I, that if it had it been a, uh, you know, a draw tonight, I don't think there would have been any eyelids battered. I think that would have been a fair enough result. Um, but I just find that I, I don't know whether it's because I'm a Leeds, I, I don't know if it's because I'm a, a lead supporter, but I hate. I hate playing a team where the commentator says something like, and he said it earlier, uh, in the last 14 games, Wolves haven't scored first. And I thought, why the f- I don't want to curse. Why Why do you say that? <laughs> why do you say that? Because yeah. I, we always you know, know that. It's, it's always that. the same. Yeah. You know, yeah, we all know as Leeds fans, them kind of stats bite us on the arse. We all know that. I hate that. You know, somebody comes on as a sub and they say, well, they're bringing him on. He hasn't scored He hasn't scored a goal since 2003. And you go... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so listen, I'm glad that we've got a game coming up relatively quickly. What do you... What do you uh, I, I, I'm sorry, Jerry, I know it's your show. What do you, what do you think for the game on Tuesday night then? <laughs> the... Um... I think um, the, the Southampton game—it's it's obviously interesting because we haven't uh, we haven't played them yet this season. Um, 
I, I honestly don't know what to expect because you look at Southampton and one week they can turn up and, and you know win a big game and then like what within thirteen months they get beat nine 0 twice. You know, it's a, they're a they're a strange, strange team. Um to to look at. Um one thing then I wanted to I wanted to ask about was what um what did the rest of you think then about the defensive midfield position? Obviously Shackleton had a shot tonight. Um, what we'll start um, start there with uh, Debbie. You've been you've been quiet, so we'll get you um, get your thoughts on it. I thought the team selection tonight was spot on. I think from what what you Jerry and, and Brian have said about Shackleton, I think it's a little bit harsh to be honest because I think everyone's expecting him to fill KP's role. No one can fill KP's role. I'm sorry, the camp at, at the end of the day. And I think it's a little bit unfair to, to, to say Shackleton didn't do that tonight. I thought first half Shackleton actually played really well. And I thought that we looked lively midfield. We looked a lot more comfortable. Obviously, the back four were, seemed more relaxed. Um, and I thought, I think somebody mentioned about when Shackleton got the ball, you know, he wasn't doing KP's role, but... When Shackleton got the ball, he passed it forward and then he was up in attack. So it's a total different role for me because you don't really see KP going that far in attack. So I think it's a total different role and a total different aspect of our game. I think tonight it worked first half. Um, and I think it's, it, I think to me that's the filling that we need to do for the games when KP ain't playing, to be honest. Okay, um, so... For me, the the Shackleton situation is is kind of twofold. Where you have on one on one aspect, you know, he's a kid playing in that position for the first time. Um, like how long did it take Calvin Phillips to get? You know, even how many games did he play in an attacking role before he got you know to play that defensive role, and then a couple of you know months and and whatever under Bielsa, and now a couple of years under Bielsa to get to that level. So I think a hundred percent agree to say that it's not fair to criticize him. But based purely on tonight's match, where we needed somebody to step into the defensive midfield role and do what Calvin Phillips done, and as you say, it's it's proven to be quite a task, you know, to try and get somebody to do what Calvin does. Um, but for me, he he didn't he didn't like if if we're going with the same, obviously if Calvin's out again on Tuesday, would I play Shackleton there? I I wouldn't personally. Um, I would I would probably go with somebody else. Again, that's not like that's not to say like I I don't disagree when you say that Shackleton played well. I just don't think that he done what role he was supposed to do necessarily. Like as I say, there was sometimes he got the ball in really tight spaces and got it out and done really well that way. And then he was bombing forward, and that's not what that role is. And it just it just for me it was just kind of leaving us sometimes exposed. There was a few times Wolves got the ball in midfield. Yeah, but Jerry, where... who can do that role though? We've looked at well, Stuart, you know, that's, I don't know. Stuart's not been in the game, and we've been three 0 down okay. at half time. So I don't. Yeah. No, well, that, that you know that that's the answer thing. is to be honest with that role. Well, I'd i I'd like I'd like to stick Tuppence in there, which says, um, in terms of role, the difference between role and player, um, the role. Of defensive midfield that KP plays is to act like a like an old-fashioned sweeper. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. It's sitting in front of the 
the the it's sitting in front of the back four so that the two centre midfielders can spread out allowing the two wing the two uh, full backs to act like wing backs so it's a it's 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 a role rather than a player um so therefore it comes down to who can play the role uh, Shackleton and KP are quite different players because Shaq's to me is um well I, I, and I'm, I'm not being critical of the lad but uh um I don't think that that he's he's naturally a defensively minded midfielder and so therefore I thought that he was a little bit out of position um uh, on a number of occasions in particularly in that role because and I, I would love if, if you saw a sort of tracer of where he was you know sometimes you see the tracer of where the players are I would say that in the first half in particular I thought he was a wee bit out of, out of out of place. However, in terms of who could play that role, well, um, that Leeds, that fella born in Leeds, born and bred in Leeds, Stuart Dallas, I think that you could put him selling ice creams and he would sell more ice creams than anybody else. I think that you could put him in front of the, the front four because he's got something uh, in terms of discipline. I think he's one of the more disciplined people in the team in terms of if you give him a role to do, he'll do it. He's Technically not the best player on the team, um, but he is, I think, the most, well, amongst the most disciplined people in the team. KP sort of does that role, uh, and I agree, you know, he's that sort of, it's a role that just really suits him, whether he's been, you know, developed into it and all those things, but he's, you know, he just, he he does that role so well. Shaq's to me is a wee bit small as well. I always think that Shaq's looks a bit like a kid amongst men. Um, so going forward, his nimbleness and low centre of gravity, um, I think, work for him. But defensively, uh, I think he can look small against some of the big lads that he'd, that'd be up against. And he's he's probably fully grown now. So I think, you know, if she, I'd love him to be another... I, I, I'm not sure what heights he are. I mean, I haven't got onto the stats. But he doesn't look six foot. He, he looks a bit smaller than that. And it's the same, I'd actually say the same with Pavida, that he comes on and uh, uh, I've been, uh, I'd like I'd like him to be a, uh, uh, another sort of two or three inches taller. I just think that he looks a wee bit like uh, um, uh, boys amongst men. Um, now, that's just obviously opinion stuff. But yes, in terms of, who would I rather see on Tuesday night? I'd rather see um, Shaq's maybe at left back uh, and Dallas move into that role um, because I think a Dallas is, is okay. That's fair enough, and I've got that's fair enough. I've got quite strong opinions on this. Um, I actually played professional till I was eighteen, so and I actually played the KB role. That's where I played, so I've got quite strong. I do have quite strong feelings on this. So my first thing is, Brian, you're very contradiction of your own comments then. Firstly, your comment was, okay. it's not rocket science to play in front of the back four. And then your next comment was, you've got to be disciplined. So which one is it? You, you either, either it's not rocket science or you've got to be yeah, disciplined. Okay. So firstly, you contradict yourself uh, and with that comment, um, which was a bit silly really. But secondly, um, as I've alluded to a few times on, on this, the, we haven't got a player in the squad who can replace Calvin. We all we, we all see that. There's not one player in that current squad who can replace Calvin. We do not have a central midfield or defensive midfield player who can play there. 
Stewart can't play there. He's far too slow to play in that in that role. Um, it just literally the game bypasses him. Now, I agree about about Jamie Shackleton. Jamie Shackleton is not a defensive midfield player. Um, he didn't really know where to be tonight. He looked. He did go forward too much rather than hold that position. But that just shows you when a natural number eight plays in the number four position, it's a complete different position. Now, I actually thought he tried to get on the ball. He tried to play the game. He tried to dictate the play. Unfortunately, he's not, and nobody in our squad is Calvin Phillips. And this is not, not just this season. This is three seasons now. We have not replaced Calvin. We have not, we have not bought a player in three years where if Calvin's injured or suspended to play in that role, now we've, we've tried so many players since Bielsa's been here to fill that void, and we just do not have one at the club. In my opinion, as it stands right now, Jamie Shackleton is the best player to play in there. I'm not saying he fits the role. I'm not saying he's, he's great for that role. But what we've got, I actually think he's the best player. Uh, I agree Stuart could, you know, yeah. maybe could play there. Um him or Shackleton, but again, Stuick is not the answer. But there is no one at the club. Oh, sorry, who sorry, can I didn't play that Stuart. role naturally. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to get it clear, you mightn't have picked me up. I meant Stuart, as in Stuart Dallas, not Strike. So what I was saying, yeah, no, I'm just saying that Stuick. Yeah, I'm just saying there isn't anyone at the club. So we've tried different yeah. players. Oh, yeah, okay. Say. In recent week, we, we've tried, we've tried Stuick in recent who, who weeks, you, so, and it hasn't so, worked. Okay, just forget, uh, and it's because it, it's interesting. And I know, I mean, uh, uh, and, and thank you for your critique of what I was saying. I mean, what I, what I meant by the not rocket science bit was that you sit in front of the front four. That's, you know, I think that being there is, is the key bit. That's what I meant about the rocket science. I'm not saying it's an easy role. Um, uh, and a discipline, just in terms of my discipline, I mean, again, the same that. Uh, you're right. I think he's more a number eight than a number four, and I felt that he was that he was meant to be in the number four position, but quite quite a lot during the first half. I think you're right, and that that's what I meant. So I mean, uh, maybe I'm just being uh, uh, um, clumsy by what I say. What I meant was he should have been in an area that I didn't think he was quite often. I thought that he was that he was very quick to be forward, and that uh, the, the danger was that could leave us exposed. So. Do you not think that there's anybody better than Shax to pay, play the KP role if KP is out? Not I'm the current not squad. That I think that there is, That's the biggest problem. We have anybody better than that. Not in the current squad, and that's a shame. Do you, said, big, do you think he's big enough to play that? Do you think he's big enough to play that role, though, James? Do you think he's? Well, do you think he's got think it physical? It's not. He went three 0 like the Arsenal game was. It was nil nil today at half time. So yeah. the team I worked thought, well and something went right. Didn't you know? I'm, I know every game's different, but I do think today I was set up and at half time I weren't worried about that role to be honest. And I was against Arsenal. All I'll say is he played there for seventy minutes against Aston Villa and we won three 0 So I mean, again, it, it, it's not me saying he's the solution. It's saying he's the best of a so-called yeah. bad bunch at the moment, and he's, he's a good player. But as, as what I do agree with you, Brian, is that he is playing. It's not about the player; it's about the role at the minute. He's a very good player, but that is not his natural role, and we all agree it's that. Yeah. I just think it. at the club boots. at the moment, is there is there if Calvin Phillips is injured, 
who else could play that role? And I yeah, honestly, that's, yeah, and that's, I know you've alluded to Stuart Dallas. Yeah, yeah. And that's the point. And to me, I still, I still think that probably Jamie Shackleton, other than Calvin Phillips, is the best player to play that role. Now, that's not saying he's the answer long term. That's just saying until you sign somebody else who can replace KP, you have no choice. Do you think? Do you think with anybody up the sleeves then? So just moving slightly further on then. Does anybody think that we've got somebody up our sleeves? What you know, everybody's. And again, you, you, like it, 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 it's all just media and social media talk. Um, we nobody had a busy uh, January window. Um, do you, where do you think we'll strengthen? And is that KP role somewhere where you say we have to strengthen, but we bring somebody new in? You know, a younger uh, uh, somebody else younger. Do you think we're going to buy somebody more experienced for the bench? Left back role? and central what, midfield. What, what, what do you think you do? Left back and central midfield. Left back and central midfield have got to be the, the first two positions. To be fair, number four or number eight. Everyone I've spoken to. If you had to pick two positions, I think ninety-nine percent of Leeds fans at the moment would pick a left back and cover for midfield. I think. It just—it's so glaringly obvious that they're the two positions that we need players for. I don't think it's really a—it's not yeah. really a debate. It's a good question, but I think that most people would agree that they're the two positions you really got to strengthen as soon as possible. Yeah, but I, I'm going to press you a bit harder than that, though, James, because a, a centre midfield—do you mean a number four or a number eight, or do you mean both? Oh, certainly a number four. As we said before, there isn't anyone who can replace Calvin. So it's got to be a yeah. number four. It's got to be. It has to be a number four. There's just that's no... a bit of a, but but that's a bit of a challenge then, isn't it? Because you'd be you'd be and I mean I agree with you by the way, but you'd be looking for somebody actually to understudy him unless you're thinking that you can go big into the marketplace and replace him. I don't, I don't, think, you, I don't think you're ever going to replace him. I think that in every squad, you've got to have cover for yeah. every position. Yeah. Now we haven't yeah. we haven't got a natural left back yeah. at the club at the minute. I mean, really, yeah, yeah. Davis yeah, no, is I, I our only what we would call back, natural yeah. left back at the club. So that yeah. for me is absolutely vital. Now, and I think we've we, we've learned from not just the last two or three games, but from the games previously before Christmas when Calvin was injured. You have to, whatever you say, whether it's a player to replace him, a player to support him, a player to understudy him, whatever way you want to look at it, there is no questions. You need another number four. There's no, there is no argument. We need another number four. We do not have one at the club. You cannot go on the whole season with just Calvin. We all know that. We've seen that. He's got injured. He gets suspended. You, you can't play without him. So you've got to, you've got to find a way. And the only way is to bring someone else who can play that role. I think one of the interesting things about the um, signing the midfielder is I think you've basically got two options there and I'm 90% sure I know which one Bielsa would probably go with. Um, you either get a young number four, somebody like like sort of teenage, early 20s, who you know will maybe look to have a few years ahead of them, or you go with somebody a bit more experienced that can play for and, you know, not necessarily, but like can play at least two of them positions in midfield. So is that personally, I think the one that we talked about in January 
um, was the guy at Fiorentina, I think. Um, he's at Eric Polger. Um, I think he's he's from somewhere in South America. Um, but I've seen him a few times whenever. It was actually, um, it was before he went to, I think he was at Bologna possibly, and I've seen him a few times. I'd watch a few, a few Serie A games. And I think he would be a good option um, where he can play the sort of centre, he can play in centre midfield and he could play the defensive midfield role as well. And I think he would be kind of the sort of guy that, that Bielsa might like. Um, on the, the point earlier, um, obviously, Brian, you were saying about the, the, the height um, thing. I, I do, um, I, I understand obviously where you're coming from on that one, but I would definitely, like, like two of the best players I've ever seen playing in that those defensive midfield roles and Perlo and Xavi were no bigger than Jamie Shackleton. Like, you know, they, they were they were two fantastic players. I think in midfield... Claude McAlelly and another one, yeah. I think if you had... And Kante. You know, another Leicester and Chelsea. Exactly. As long as you have the technical ability, you know, as they say... I think there there was there, there's been attitudes, and I know like from from coaching, um, constantly we guys, it's like he's not big enough, he's not big enough to play, and then like I think now like Europe, Europe certainly shows that that you know like that kind of attitude across like Britain and Ireland, um, is, is definitely is definitely not right, um, and and then a no to this day it still happens sometimes like people are told you're not big enough to play this position or whatever, but. But definitely, I think there's enough evidence that if you're technically good enough, you can you can do it. And and especially for a team like Leeds, where like technique technicality is way more important for us than physicality. Um, so I, I definitely wouldn't put that uh, put that yeah, against them. Yeah. But you know, Jerry, that's really interesting because I mean, uh, uh, one of, one of my childhood heroes would have been Billy Bremner. Billy wasn't exactly lanky. Uh, and he had, but he had a physical presence about him. Shaq's to me, it's not, uh, it's maybe, maybe I'm saying that he is, sorry, you'll have to give my kitchen clock. He's, it's maybe not that I'm, uh, when I'm saying it's maybe that he's not tall enough or whatever that case is, I, I think maybe that it's, it's more about, and I think actually, to be fair, uh, James probably nailed it way better by just simply saying he's more number eight than he is a number four. And, um, that's maybe the exposure. Maybe I'm just re- representing that by saying the stature is not big enough, but the stature or the height or whatever is that thing that says give the ball to KP. Uh, and it, you know, I just feel that you know, you that there's a security around him, um, where maybe uh, I, I don't feel that quite the same way as Shaq's. What, what do you guys think of this? Uh, and I mean, I'm on mute all this, so you'll forgive me. I'm probably asking stuff, and you uh, there's probably uh, hours of archive. Um, I have watched a bit of DePaul on TV um, and he does look like a, uh, you know, he looks like a sort of player, you know, the Udinese guy that we've been linked with. Uh, I know he's been linked with other clubs, including uh, Liverpool. Um, would you, he'd be more a number eight than a number four though, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a number eight. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, yeah. So he's, he's not necessarily the solution. So, so if... In, in my own mind, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm not clever enough to know the names or who it might be, but it sort of would be great if you could have somebody who could play anywhere in that diamond, uh, but just be a good uh, uh, fill-in for KP if KP's not playing. And it is a little bit, maybe just, it, that's 
one of those areas, as you say about the left back as well, it's an area where we don't really have a lot of cover. But we don't really have a lot of cover for Bamford either because I don't think that we've got a, a another out-and-out striker. Um, I don't think that... Uh, I'm not... I'm not a, I'm not convinced that uh, Rodrigo is an out-and-out striker, number nine, the way Bamford is. Um, uh, uh, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting now to see the way uh, uh, the squad will develop. I mean, tonight sort of says to me um, that it's a stretch to get to Europa League. I'm not sure that it want us to be in the Europa League, to be honest. I think it might be a bit of a distraction. And that being the case, then a lot of the rest of the season is going to be considering the build-up for next season. Uh, and that opens up a lot of, of uh, uh, potential, but also some threats. Um, because, and it's interesting, I think that, uh, as Oscar Wilde says, love me or hate me, but, you know, I, sorry, the only thing worse than not being talked about or, or being talked about is not being talked about. And now, having got away with a close season without losing any of our star players, um, it's interesting the way the media is all of a sudden thinking. Well, if you're if you're a club in the middle of the Premiership, then the guys immediately above are much more likely to be sharks on you. Well, how do you think that might look? I think I think it's going to be a big, a big um, test. Just going on your earlier comment. Sorry, I know. Well, okay. just to answer that. Just to just to say, I think that um, it's going to be a big test for the the board um, and Radrazani. Like so far, obviously, you know he's he's done um, he's done good things, and you know he's got us got us where he said he was going to take us. We've got you know the ground and all that there. Um, obviously, I expect that some of the some big hitters are gonna are gonna test us with summer. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens at the end of the day if somebody comes in with a silly offer and. You know, Victor Ortiz showed that he has a good eye for a player. So, you know, if, if he has an eye on coming and a ready-made replacement, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, I think certain, certainly if we win the next season and Rafinha and uh, Calvin Phillips are still at the club, I'll um, I'll still be feeling positive. They're the two that I think at the minute we really can't afford to we can't afford to lose. Um, but uh, we'll see. Obviously, you know we, we will strengthen in the summer, um, as as you've all said. Left back and centre centre midfield have to be have to be a uh, priority. So you were going to say something there, James. Um, it was just kind of following on from what Brian said, and I agree that so we've got to probably try and sign a player who can play the the four and the eight role, so to speak. Um, and to be fair, the little bit of knowledge that I did have on Michael Saisons. He was a player who actually could play the number four and the number and the number eight. Hence, why the club was so keen on him. Obviously, the foot injury came as a problem in the summer. Hence, why they didn't didn't sign him. So that's the kind of player that we have to be looking for. I have to be honest and say I don't know anything about Eric Pulgar, um, so I can't say whether he would be a match to play the four and the eight. But that is certainly it. Would certainly be ideal to bring a player that could. That could cover for Calvin and could cover for Click because other than other than those two in that position, we again we don't what you have what you'd call probably quality cover. And just following from what you said, Jerry, I completely agree about the uh, Calvin Phillips and the uh, Rafinha comment. They're the two players that you probably couldn't afford to lose. But there's one player who I might say now we couldn't afford to lose who would 
maybe controversial to a lot of Leeds fans. We couldn't lose Patrick Bamford. He's absolutely pivotal. Sorry, huh? He's pivotal to how we play. Um, he would be just a bigger loss for me. He'd be a massive loss. Um, yeah, I, 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 again, I, he's I completely different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting to see that uh, um, Gareth South, Southgate was there tonight. You think he was watching Dallas? <laughs> yeah. I, sorry, I can I an Irish joke. You'll have to forgive me. Jerry and I would find that funny. Yeah, you'll carry, carry on with that for a few uh, for a few long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. That's the first time that uh, Ian Dark hasn't said that he's yeah, leaving Stuart Dallas and the rest of the for, for a number for a number of, for a number of uh, matches. Yeah. Um, who was it was co-commentating with Ian Dark tonight? Lucy, I couldn't think of her. Who were, Lucy Warder. Lucy Ward. She was. Uh, don't know whether she's married or is is a girlfriend of Neil Redfern. Oh right, okay. I thought she. I thought her. I, I really enjoyed her comment co-commentary tonight. I think that uh, I'm a big supporter of having more women, uh, and because this could sound patronising, so forgive me. I'm just saying that I really. I I think that it's been a really positive development to have more women, uh, both commentating and punditing on football, um, and I know that. Uh, 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 that girl, girl, Karen Kearney, got a bit of a uh, a blast for, frankly, saying something that was untenable uh, uh, about Leeds and COVID. It was a it was a very stupid comment, um, but I wouldn't want that to be a highlight versus the fact that I think it's really refreshing. Um, and there's the the standard of of women's football. I think is it, it has improved so much in the last few years. But what what do you think about that uh, yourself then? I mean, really, I'd be interested to, to hear your opinion, Debbie, because, you know, you've, you've maybe, you know, we're living through a bit of a sexual revolution when it comes to uh, fem females being involved. I don't think it's going to be that long before we're going to have uh, women refereeing Premier Games. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a rugby freak. I watch, I, uh, I watch Ulster play and uh, there are females refereeing rugby games. And I tell you, if they can referee rugby games, they can referee football games. What What do you think? I'd be really interested to hear your opinion of, of, of what do you think of that? Yeah, I think um, I think it's definitely the way forward. Why not? Um, we've all got a brain, haven't we? And <laughs> we've all got an opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, Karen didn't do herself any favours, did she? With what she said, like let's face it. And um, to me, just just know know your facts and and. Don't embarrass yourself, basically. Um, she obviously didn't know facts, did she? And she did sort of embarrass herself. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's women linesmen now and things. Um, yeah, I think why not? Yeah, it, I mean, it was a, quite a few years ago now. But when uh, the two lads that used to head up Sky, uh, Grey, and what do you call the other guy? Um, Keys, Richard Keys. Richard Keys. I mean, that, Richard that must Keys. be 10 years Keys ago. Yeah, and they Richard they Keyes. were uh, they made the comments about the female linesman. That must be ten. Is that would that be ten years ago? It's good, I'm sure it is. Like yeah, it's, oh, it's like, be ten it's getting on for a few years. Yeah, so there's there's certainly been. I mean, I think it's great. And I mean, uh, the the I mean, the, like my missus 
just isn't interested in football whatsoever. I mean, she's sort of a a a, a, a comfort lead supporter. Uh, she'll come in and watch it, you know, and she'll feel sorry for me when it's bad and cheer with me when it's good. But she's not not interested. But I'm just I I really think that it's a really positive thing. And I mean, the uh, I've been in the states. Uh, I lived in the states briefly in the late eighties and uh, saw the shape of. Uh, um, the lads that you know playing football as a lad in the late eighties in the states, people were looking sideways at you, going, "Can you not play anything else?" While the ladies' game in the states has always been, you know, really, really developed. It's interesting. It's very interesting the the way that the the games developed in the states over the last two or three years because it's it's got a little bit more serious now. But yeah, uh, yeah, I thought Lucy was pretty good tonight. Um, um, and actually, I've, I've seen loads of times when Karen's been good, um, and and I quite like you know because it's feisty and it's a wee bit different, and you know uh, people think of things in different ways, um, and it's a bit of a shame that uh, she threw the spotlight on herself um, by such a silly thing to say. But sure, then whoever's you know, uh, you know, let the first person in the class house throw a stone or whatever the that is. Uh, phrases um anyway yeah so it, it's been really interesting to hear the opinions tonight uh we're actually ending up i think okay despite the fact <laughs> how do we won the loss but it was only a one the loss you know it wasn't three no four it's ruined that weekend <laughs> we've had a couple of three or four well actually i'd rather get beaten on a friday night uh because uh getting beaten a sunday or a, or a saturday night i think is way worse <laughs> Because you can sort of get up to our weekend and look forward to Tuesday. The um, I think uh, obviously, obviously, what he he says about um the the girls and 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 women talking and and being on the shows, like I think, like ultimately, a man or a woman, like I think too much was made of the Car and Carney thing, where people made out like you know people were only criticizing her because she was a woman. Whereas at the end of the day, I see male commentators all the time make an that absolute thing. No, it wasn't like it wasn't the it wasn't the reason why why we were. And I think even on this on this yeah, show, yeah. you can see there's plenty of girls. We, with Debbie has been on a few times, and we had Heidi on um, on at the the weekend, and you can tell straight away. See whenever somebody you talk to somebody about football, and I talk to people and work and stuff, and you can tell straight away after the bullshitter and. You know, to me, there's people like Debbie, like Heidi, and they know more about football than hundreds of people that I've worked with that would claim to be big football fans. And, and you know, I'm all, all all for it. And uh, definitely, they get um, as many uh, as many involved, um, as many girls involved. And as you say, in America, the the American girls. I, I read that um, in America, the most played sport now is um, soccer and among kids, and over fifty percent of them are girls. So it's it's still you know um, women's soccer in America is obviously still massive. And they uh, they've got the they've got I the medals in the world. Paul Reaney came in and coached me. <laughs> Paul Reaney did. Very good, very good. Yeah, yeah, came in and coached me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it started back then, which is not too long ago, but a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, well, I just think that if... It, obviously, Karen's paid to do a job and she needs to know her
Well, yeah, I, there's, there's, there's a difference I, in I mean, to like me and Heidi coming on and talking to you guys. Well, I'm, I'm in, I mean, I, I agree with you all, which is, look, if a, if a, 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 if a pundit says something completely ridiculous, they deserve to get, uh, uh, you know, a fair bit of criticism, yeah. which is what she got. But the bit that was unacceptable was that there was a sort of male chauvinist resp response to, and it was because you're a woman that you said it. And that was the bit that I objected to, because men come out with SH1T yeah. about football all day, every day. And yeah. they don't get called up for it. Then the week after the Stuart Dallas comment, again. Well, yeah. I, 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 I rest my case. Uh, and, exactly. And, uh, BT, BT commentators. Yeah, but nobody would have pulled Ian Dark up for saying he was. I, I don't actually. I, to be fair, I don't know if it was Ian Dark or not. A, uh, but nobody pulled him up for 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 that being a silly comment that he repeated. Oh, he got slated on social media. Oh, like he, he got slated. Yeah, he, he got slated. Sorry, he sorry, he didn't get pulled up for being a man for saying it. Is what I mean. He might have got slated on social media for saying something silly, but nobody said he was a silly man. And that's the bit about the Karen Carney bit that I find objectionable. That uh, you know, there were a lot mm. of men who decided to uh, um, add in, you know, misogynist and, and horrible comments, which doesn't do anybody any favors. I I I think it. I, yeah. I, I think I agree with Jerry though. I think the uh, I think the fact of the matter is it wasn't whether she was male or female. It was the comment. It was, and yes, whether, that's, that's right. No, I, I 100%. Another male commentator made that comment. He would have received the same criticism in a different way. Yeah. Uh, there was literally the crit started because it was an unfound comment. It, and then we had, then we had the, the week later, forgive me for the, um, I've got it on my Twitter. I cannot remember for the life of me who the commentator was, but he started talking about how Leeds were on a poor run before oh, the COVID yeah. break. Well, we, had won five. Yeah, it was. It was. It was John Barnes. Yeah. He was. He was saying, "No, yeah. Karen Carney was spot on. Um, she was absolutely right with the comments. Leeds won a poor run before COVID. Before COVID, when we won five in a row without conceding a goal. So yeah. no, we wasn't. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. unfound. Yeah. Unfound yeah. statistics. So for me, it wasn't about being a female or being a male. It was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an unfounded, untrue, incorrect comment. Yeah, it was. It was. It was actually really, really uh, silly. I think. But do you know what didn't yeah. get picked? Well, maybe it did get picked up a wee bit. Was and I'm not sure whether it uh, who the other player was and the commentator. But one of the other guys said spot on when she said, "I don't think you know." I think it was because of COVID that got promoted. And somebody was Jenny who who was it? The other person Angle, who said yeah, oh, it was Jimmy Floyd. Yeah, Joey, was it Jimmy Floyd? That's <laughs> don't get <laughs> oh, no, If you That's go back to it, go back to it. He's the other person, he, he when did she said it, one of the others said, "Yes, yeah, spot on." Yeah. No, I think it was. But I'm yeah. uh, I'm 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 aware of the time, but just to, just to, before we finish, I think just on that sort of whole thing about pundits is. You had the one there a couple of weeks ago where um, Man City scored a goal and he kept the commentator kept saying Gundogan, Gundogan, Gundogan. And I think it was like Silver. Somebody else scored the goal anyway. And uh, they, they, they later on then they put on like uh, some one of the papers wrote an article about it giving off. And he was like, oh, thanks. You know, you've never made a mistake in your life and all. But, but 
the point for me is whenever you make a living critiquing people and how they perform and how they are doing things and then you you know throw, throw your toys out of the pram because people are critiquing you back you know i don't think you have a like to stand on personally i think once once that's your job and if you make a if, you, if a player makes a balls up you'll talk about it and if you make a balls up we'll all talk about it so you know i think that's that's the way Absolutely. yeah I think that's the way it has to be. But anyway, here it's it's been an hour and eight minutes, so I'm aware that you know people will have to get to bed, drink more beer, whatever it is you're doing. Um, but uh, my thanks, thanks for it's empty, you know me. It's empty. <laughs> <laughs> me and uh, me, me and Debbie yeah, sort of had a fun there for a bit of a. I think I don't know. I, I don't know about you, um, Debbie, but I think there's um, there's maybe room for a bromance there with James and uh, Brian. If they can, they can get over there for uh, there's there was a few wee difficulties there. I thought for a minute. What tonight? But there, there, there's definitely uh, it was it was certainly an agreement to be relationship there. Far too much. Is that not how it works? Disagreements all the time. No, is that not how it goes? I, 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 didn't feel, I didn't feel anything at all tonight. As long as James realizes he's wrong, I think it'll be all great. Thanks. No, again. Uh, no, listen, football is. We're all in the same team, and even if we, even if I was a Wolves supporter, I mean, I'm, uh, I think that we should be able to have a good old chat about it. It's only football. Uh, there's lots worse yes. things happen at sea. Uh, you still got to, still got to get up and put your knickers on in the morning, crack on with another day. So we just have to do it. So do you? I didn't get to tell me. As I said, uh, football's about I'll... opinions. It's what makes it great. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's what yeah. makes it great. Yeah. It'd be completely yeah. boring if we all sat here and had the same opinion. Completely boring. We're just 100%, 100%. nodding dogs for an hour. As a as a as a as a wise man once said, uh, what was it? I think um, opinions are like are like horses. Everybody has one, so you know. We'll uh, we'll leave it in that rather crude, rather crude note um, to, to finish. But no, thanks thanks very much, um, James and Debbie for coming on, and uh, Brian for coming on. I th- I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it, it's uh, it's uh, a bad night for the for the result. But um, I got a, a good bit of entertainment out of it anyway, and, and thanks to you guys for coming on. And we'll be uh, we'll be back with the channel next week. Um, I think Tuesday night maybe we're playing Southampton, so there'll probably be shows on Monday and Tuesday. So um, we'll be back then. So thanks to everybody nice that watched. Lovely meeting you guys. Come thanks on. everyone. Come on, Take care. See you. See you. Bye. 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 B